and welcome to Unnecessary Angst, the podcast. Why do you take so many pauses every time you say your name? <laughs> Gotta emphasize it. I love it. It's my favorite way that anyone intros a podcast. I'm so grateful for you as a co-host. It's perfect. Um, I'm so excited because we're finally starting our second book today. Oh my god. Ah, staying within the realm of fantasy from our last book, which if you didn't listen to our last book and you're just catching up because you're more interested in the current book that we're reading, we totally get that, first of all. No harm, no foul. Um, and you can totally pick up just starting from this intro episode, so don't feel obligated to read or listen to any of the other ones if you're not interested <laughs> in The Concealed by Sarah Clegg. Uh, we'll be starting fresh today talking about The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. I am very excited. I This is my book, my choice. <laughs> so I'm extra excited to do this. It'll be, it'll be an adventure for sure. It has some interesting things in here that I'm very certain we are going to take a long time discussing. <laughs> Not always for the best, but that that is, you know, that makes a good podcast, at least. <laughs> it does. That is true. And that's the good thing is when we uh, organized and planned out our schedule for this book, we allowed ourselves smaller this amounts of pages one. Yeah. for each podcast episode. So we were averaging <laughs> between 35 and 45 pages a, a chapter or an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, for The Concealed, which was mostly dialogue, so it was very easy to do that. But for this book, uh, we're going to be averaging between 20 and 25 pages. So hopefully we can have the same level of in-depth conversation, but not as long. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, Julia, before we dive into all the details of this wonderful book that you've picked out for us, why don't you just give us an update on where you're currently at in life? I am ending my first semester at graduate school. I'm pursuing my master's right now. Um, I am in the midst of my uh, final projects. My classes have ended, so it's just wrapping everything up, which is stressful, but also very rewarding. And I'll be heading into Christmas holiday soon or winter break, um, which thanks to the pandemic has been extended by a week. So everyone is very happy to have another week off, which is really nice. But alas, I am still stuck in New York when I should be in Toronto studying. It's okay. I get free rent, you know? <laughs> and that's a fun. lot of free food. And a lot of free food. That's true. That's true. But I am trying to help a little bit by, you know, doing some cooking here and there to to give my parents a break but yeah how about you where are you in life oh where aren't I in life (laughs) I've been all (laughs) over the place um I'm moving for my third time during the pandemic um this week so that's exciting I've literally hopped from house to house (laughs) Yep. It's a pandemic across the country in some cases. I've been going all over the place. So for those of you that don't know, um, I originally, when Julie and I came up with the idea to start this podcast, lived in New York, in Queens. And then f- because of the pandemic, for three months, I lived with Julia and her parents. <laughs> 
because it was a fun time. It was a grand old time because they adopted me and they were the sweetest. Um, and then I went back to my apartment in Queens for a couple of weeks. Have flew across the country and moved back in with my mom for a couple of months and have bought a house and I'm now moving to California uh, in like five days to live in my first official home that I am the owner of, which is absolutely insane. So it's definitely been a whirlwind of a year. Thankfully, I still have my lovely job in finance and I don't ever plan on leaving and I don't <laughs> I hope they don't ever plan on getting rid of me um um and yeah that's pretty much where I'm at so moving from Seattle down to California uh I'm I can't believe that you bought your own house like that it there okay I just watched set it up with my mother that Netflix movie and there's this line where um Zoe Dutch's character goes you're you're getting married but we're <laughs> we're not adults or something like that and like I feel that so deeply like you're buying your own house you can't be we're not adults yet <laughs> we're not old enough <laughs> but at least I'm still habitually alone and so there's no sight of like a family in my future to populate the house oh god meaning that there's always a spare bedroom just for you julia i will be taking you up on that one day one day when this is all over i mean listen once the pandemic's done and i'm going back into the office every day if you ever just need to like get away and have a study break for like two weeks you can (laughs) always hop over yeah get some sun in you get out of canada it's great in the middle of winter negative 50 degrees i have to start learning celsius if i'm gonna move to canada for real like i am well that is going to be hard if it's below zero it's cold oh thank you that is really helpful. I do know that zero equals 30 degrees Fahrenheit, but that's about it. And that's 32. Like 32. Only... 32. Oh, 32. 32. Sorry. See, even, I, don't, I don't even know that. What am I going to do? I'm going to be totally lost. Because 32 degrees Fahrenheit is where water freezes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to lose it when I move, finally. The good thing about Celsius is it makes more logical sense than Fahrenheit. <laughs> Right. I've heard um, that. Because, like, what degree, like, it's, like, what, 212 degrees when water boils? Yeah. Fahrenheit. 32 degrees when, yeah, Fahrenheit. 32 degrees when water freezes. Celsius, like all other things in the metric system, goes in scales of 10 or 100. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all based on, I cannot remember the word of, <laughs> I'm looking for here, but, like, it's based in scales of 10. So, it... Water freezes at zero, and water boils at 100. And those are two very easy numbers to remember. <laughs> oh. Well. 18 degrees still, is warm, 7 degrees is a little chilly. That's it's what I It's still not going to make sense, but okay, thank you. <laughs> You're trying. I appreciate that. I, I am. From the little time I've spent in Germany (laughs) trying to figure out the temperature. I lived in Germany and I still don't understand Celsius. I think I just gave up after a while and I was like, it's fine. (laughs) Like, it, I'll just say that it's lukewarm outside. (laughs) That's not a temperature. No, it's not. 
<laughs> it worked, though. People oh. understood it. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Do you want to do you want to get into the book? I do. Should I should I continue? Yeah, it's it's oh, color coded okay. for you. <laughs> okay, great. So the book that we are going to read is The Cruel Prince by Holly Black, which if you own the physical copy, there's a stamp of approval by Leave Portugo on it. So you know it's going to be good. Um, it was published in 2018 and it does it's set in a world that she has already created it's um from her modern tale of fairy um but this is i've never read any of her other books so i don't actually know anything else about the world and i was told correctly that you don't have to have read any of the books to understand like as long as you basically know general understandings of fairy tales fairies themselves you will get it and she does a good job of explaining um the system and how it works so it's fine it's it falls into the fae fantasy ya genre um which, which we, we made up going, yes <laughs> it it's fantasy it's not high fantasy it's not like children's fantasy it's some it's like a nice middle ground kind of fairy fantasy do you have anything to add there well i would just clarify for people that aren't familiar with the term fae because i'm sure given the mm, type of fairies yeah. that are in this book we'll probably use fae and fairy interchangeably so when we think of like the fae typically that's like the fairy folklore of like ireland uh other sorts of anglo-saxon <laughs> based sort of you know places in the world and it's much more complex than when we think of fairies from like fairy tales so it's darker um the fae are a lot more organized so they have whole systems and courts and queens and kings and like all of this you know separate and distinct sort of like fairy world um and the fae is kind of the term that's used to describe the people of the fairy world so we'll probably use those terms interchangeably while talking about this book if i'm gonna guess yeah. about the two of us but when we say fey fantasy again which we made up as a genre it's really more so to focus in on that like dark fairy kind of a fantasy um where they're not happy-go-lucky like easy little fairy godmother kind of situations because that's definitely not what we're gonna run into here i don't know much about the book but i know that's not what we're gonna run into here no it's not gonna be sweet little fairies at all <laughs> No, so if you've ever read uh, folklore from Ireland or Scotland or other places where there is uh, a distinct sort of, like, fae influence, you hear stories about, like, children going missing in the woods, fairy yeah. circles, like, that's more the kind of fairy that world that is exactly that what they at. are. Yeah. And they're very, very cunning, and they know that, like as a species they're very slytherin like <laughs> like they know because i don't think that this is a spoiler because i actually think that it might be true for fairies fae in general like they they there's a big thing where they don't i don't know how often this comes up they can't tell lies so they and that happens in the book as well and that's brought up right away so they know how to use words to their advantage to like mm -hmm. kind of it, 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 they're very tricky very 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 tricky. tricky so i will say before we even get into like the book itself the one thing i'm gonna expect from you 
throughout this entire series is pop culture references tying things back to uh his mortal instruments oh my god yeah yep because you're you've read both of them i have seen the shows um and the movie for his mortal instruments but they don't get what's the name of the like fairy folk in that series starts with like an s sylv sylvie's something it's something like sylvie's um now i'm gonna look it up because i don't like not knowing things seely 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 that was very close or something like sprite i'm thinking of sprites that's what i was getting confused with oh yeah very similar though like extremely similar but (sighs) all of these small creatures because that's the thing that's like one of the whole main plot points and the Shadowhunters TV show is well, the Seelies can't like, they, they start getting back on track is with the Seelies. <clears throat> and the Seelies start manipulating them. Yeah. At least in the books. I don't know how it is in the show. <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember the Isabel flirting with the Seelie. <laughs> and I then Alec getting the, mad about it. I should reread the end of the Moral Instruments because I think that they come back with a huge... They have a huge part at the very end of the series. The 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 Mortal Instruments series. So, but here, Julie, wasn't this the thing? That, like, aside from the books that we're doing for the book podcast, 2021 is going to be reading Tamora Pierce, and then 2022 is going to be Cassie Clare. Yeah, that's right. So we have time. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to think about it. But now I, like, I just, like, remember in my head, and I maybe I'll just reread that one part of, like, <laughs> just for the sake of this book. I'll rewatch like, the there's show. There's a whole battle within... Like the, the core. Yeah. Oh, okay. I should reread that part. I don't remember it though. That was at the very end because I've reread the first couple books plenty of times. Um, Fair. Wow. Oh, I just I can't believe you remember is, that. I don't remember that. I well, because you were talking about like the trickiness and like the truth telling, and that was mm-hmm. such a facet of the Seely personality. And I did watch Shadowhunters pretty religiously when it was first coming out, so I just remember it intimately but um i'm excited to hear pop culture references related to that because i haven't read a ton of fairy related books so i don't actually know how many pop culture references i'll have from like that end um but it'll be interesting to see how it relates to like other fairy kind of novels i have lots of like lighter fairy references already that i can think of yeah um but the dark ones, it will be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got a Midsummer Night's Dream. That's all I can offer. <laughs> That's a good one, though. That is a good one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so do you want to get into the description of the book? Yes. Okay. Oh, should I read the back of it? Sure. I pulled, <laughs> I I pulled it from the inside flap, what I put in the Word doc. It's slight. That's interesting because it's slightly different from. It looks like the paper. Do you have the hardcover? Yeah, it's different from the paperback. That oh. is interesting. What so do you mind? have on the back? Yeah. So my mind, the like highlighted part is sharpen your blade, harden your heart. What does yours say? Uh, my back says sharpen your blade, harden your heart, and then it says, oh. "Of course, I want to be like them. They're beautiful as blades forged in some divine fire. They will live forever." And Cardin is even more beautiful than the rest. 
I hate him more than all the others. I hate him so much that sometimes when I look at him, I can hardly breathe. <laughs> so we already know. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, that I do not have that on the back. That's really funny. I have the main, like, uh, I guess, preview of it, the synopsis. Okay. Which is, um, Jude was seven when her parents were murdered, and she and her two sisters were stolen away to live in the treacherous high court of fairy. Ten years later, Jude wants nothing more than to belong there, but many of the fae despise humans, especially Prince Cardin, the youngest and wickedest son of the high king. To win a place at the court, Jude must defy him and face the consequences. That's it. The inside of mine also has some additional details on top of what you just said, uh, which the little tagline on the inside flap says, guard your mortal heart, which is an interesting (laughs) tagline. But then it says, as Jude becomes more deeply embroiled in palace intrigues and deceptions, she discovers her own capacity for trickery and bloodshed. But as betrayal threatens to drown the courts of fairy and violence, Jude will need to risk her own life in a dangerous alliance to save her sisters and fairy itself. Oh my god. <laughs> so much that I, I also don't understand. Love, yeah. On my it gives a hashtag. Like use this hashtag when talking about the book. <laughs> what? That's I'm, so weird. That- I've never seen that on a book before. That's really funny. Now I'm going to check some of my other YA books. No, I think that's the only one I have it on. That is so funny. Huh. Modern YA. What can you do? Yeah. That's... I don't think that's on mine. No, that's not on mine. But... I mean... Hmm. I don't know. Ooh, Holly Black has cool hair, though. She's so cool. Like, I want to be her best friend. All of these authors are so, they're way too cool. I'm like, how are you an author? Wait, she wrote a series with Cassie Clare called the Magisterium series. Does that have any tie in to Philip Pullman? Oh, I don't know. I haven't ever, I didn't even know that they did that. Probably not. It's just the same name. I mean, I don't want anyone to touch Philip Pullman other than Philip Pullman. Though, I I mean, maybe. It could like have been a series. tribute. Maybe they're very influenced by Philip Pullman. Yeah, but I'm sorry. Philip Pullman fan fiction is not the same as <laughs> Philip Pullman. He's a genius. I love... I am obsessed with uh, his dark materials. Love it so I, You very much are. The new season is so good, Julia. So good. I- you, have you been watching it? Because it's so good. No, I should watch it with my mom. <laughs> we're going to sit down and watch it. Oh, well. You should. It's amazing. Anyways, we're getting off track again. Um, I also just realized that we didn't introduce, when we were doing our introductions, what we're drinking this episode. Oh. Which shows that we're uh, clearly in our second recording and our second yes. drink of the night. <laughs> Which is why this is even more of a mess right now. We're very tangential. We promise it's normally not like this. We're just a little unorganized for intros and exits. Are you kidding me? We're always like this. We're always like No, I have, I keep us on a very tight schedule for our normal recordings. 
I'm always like this. <laughs> what we're drinking, was... which is what I was trying to tangent. Okay, what are we drinking? Back, back to the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm drinking uh, a Zinfandel from Paso Robles, California. Uh, it is from Brothers Miller, the name of the winery, and it's okay. It was better oh. last night when I opened the bottle, but it's, it's still drinkable tonight. What are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking a vodka lemon, which is what I was drinking in the last podcast because I just did a refill. <laughs> yep, so what happens when you so, double record. We're doing great. Yep. Doing great. I can't mix my alcohol, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, there was only like two ounces of vodka and like three-fourths of an ounce of Midori in my Mountain Dew cocktail thing that I made, so it's not like there was a lot of alcohol to really give me a buzz on with that one, but it's all good. Okay, so now that we know what the book's about, which I still don't really know what the book's about, my first impressions of this book, I'm first off really excited to talk about a book that's like based on fae mythology because... It's a world of, like, fantasy that I've never really explored, and so I'm really excited to kind of, like, dive into it, see how much of it ties out to mythology and folklore that, like, I already know and have read about in sort of more, like, real-life scenarios. But I'm also interested to see how, like, a YA spin gets put on that, since it's normally very, very dark in folklore. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I'm going to have to get used to Jude being the name of a girl. That was hard for me. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I'm going to do my best, but I feel like that's going to be a challenge. And I'm not 100% certain if Prince Cardin is a love interest or the villain or maybe both. You're making faces at me. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> the answer to all of your questions is yes, Chantel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> great. I mean, enemies to lovers is a great trope, so I haven't read one of those in a while, so it could be But when done well, when done well. Right. It can also be well. really cringy. Oh, God, so cringy. I'm just, so my concern is that or it's something I'm wary about when getting into this book is it's part of a trilogy, which so was our last book, but at least this trilogy is finished, which is good. Yes. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see if the potential romance between these two characters that we know is inevitable because it's a YA book is something that will actually materialize in the first book where I can feel like it's been realized and like I can get on board with it or if it's just gonna cause me a whole hell of a lot of pain and I have to wait till the third book for something to be acted upon like it's the Hunger Games and then I'm just gonna be mad for a really long time and the way you're looking at me makes me think I'm gonna be mad for a really long time I mean listen it it has Lee Bardugo's stamp of approval 
I'm just saying, Lee's books are not romance books right away. No, she just causes us so much pain. And even when there is romance, there's so much pain. It, like, gets realized, and then she snatches it away from us again. That's all I'm saying. Poor Math and Nina. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I also love that you called them Math. <laughs> yeah, so for those who don't know, which is all of you, because we didn't tell anybody this. Yeah, this was our um, own thing. <laughs> this was our own thing. When Julie and I were first prepping uh, to do this podcast, we would, and I was living in her house, um, we would sit in my room at night <laughs> once a week and, like, just talk to each other as if we were recording a podcast to practice. And we practiced on Six of Crows because we knew that book so well. So we are like, oh, this will be easy to talk about. Spoiler alert. It was not. We would talk for two hours on, like, six pages. Yeah. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> we were, it was very well, bad for us. I think what was difficult, too, is we had already read it so many times, and now we were picking up on new things that we hadn't even thought about before, yeah. and, like, discussing them in, like, this new context, so... We were getting into, like, long-ass, like, yeah. debates on morality. It was getting yes, very exactly. <laughs> Which we did Which we with the... Which just recorded. I know. <laughs> but we didn't want to figure out how to set our microphones up. It was a whole thing. It's fine. I think we, I, it was good practice. It was we good can practice. do we can do bonus episodes if we ever get yes. to the point of having a following. Like it could be like a Patreon thing that we do, is we could reread <laughs> yeah. on our Patreon if we ever get a Patreon, uh, <laughs> which I doubt. But you know, never say never. Um. <laughs> anyways, when we were doing this like fake recording of Six of Crows. We could never decide whether we wanted to say Matthias or Matthias. So we just called him Math <laughs> I think it's a very suitable name for him. It's a great nickname for him, even though he's not really smart enough to do no, math. But that's why it's so good. <laughs> it's ironic. I love math. Me too. So Such yeah, a good character. if you ever hear us making references to math, it's... Matthias or Matthias from yeah. Six of Crows. <laughs> Anyways, um, those are my first impressions on the book and kind of the things I'm interested in digging into deeper slash that I'm scared about not having fully realized and breaking my heart in this first book, which is now I'm pretty sure going to happen. So great. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so my, why I picked this book well, I read this, it was actually right after you left. I think that was back in, like, July, August or whatever. Yeah. Um, I went on this reading spree. Like, I don't know what it was about you reading or leaving. I was like, I'm going to now read every book under the sun. <laughs> and I think it was because I didn't have anyone else to talk to. So I just, like, started reading again. And I picked up this book because it had been endorsed by Lee Bardugo. And I was like, okay, well, that is a good starting point since... I know I love her reading, or her writing, her reading, um, and I mean, I, it's an interesting book in that I really don't, I had heard of it. When it came out, I think it was this big deal for some reason. I can't remember why. It was a big deal that it was a big fad at the time. I mean, it still is, I guess. It, it's not that old <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's two years old, um, and it 
it didn't i'm not actually a big fantasy reader which is what's so funny because i have read so many fantasy ya books but like it's not what i usually gravitate towards especially lately i'm more likely to read like contemporary fiction um but because literally only because lee had endorsed it i was like okay i'm gonna give it a shot you know i saw a lot of stuff about it on twitter like a lot of my book friends read it and i was like okay here we go and i loved it like it surprised me so much it's problematic in parts in a lot of parts as every good ya book is um can't not be but i do think that there are justifications that holly does for those problematic parts that make it kind of okay mm-hmm it's very cheesy. It's kind of predictable sometimes, not all the time. The the narration, it's in the eye perspective, um, first person, and it can take you on a bit of a journey. Great. <laughs> like, she's not a great character all the time. Oh, but God. I, okay, but... on a scale from, like, <laughs> Rin to Princess Mia, where are we at? Yeah, she's definitely more towards the written end. Damn it! Definitely, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't, I, I can't remember. So this is what's interesting and why I'm excited to reread it is like, I don't remember if that happened so much in the first book. It definitely, mm. towards the second book, she has like a life crisis. Great. So there's a lot of like weird stuff happening in that book. Um, And I, the problem also is because I was on that reading spree, I read it really fast. Like, I remember what happens and, like, we were going through the chapters and I was kind of skimming them and I was like, okay, I remember the basics of it. But I didn't read it thoroughly. And I know that there's going to be things in here that I can now pick up on reading it slowly and, like, Mm -hmm. analyzing them. And I'm excited to kind of go back and see. Um, And... Yeah, you, I'm just excited to see your reactions, honestly. That's partially why I picked it. Like, there's going to be some things in here that I think you're going to have opinions on. <laughs> I can Not see. It, you, are, you are going to probably hate Jude for a while. I'm sorry to say this. Okay, I hated Evelyn, too. Yeah. Sorry. Her family is very questionable. Her, she has a couple love interests that are questionable also. Oh, no. There's a lot of, like, betrayal and a whole lot of betrayal and more betrayal on that betrayal. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's Come stuff you don't see coming. Great. Not necessarily even just at her, but, like, at other characters around her. Like, nobody, you can't trust anyone in this story. Like, n- there's not a single character you can trust. Not even Jude, not even her family, no one. <laughs> like, they're gonna betray her at some point. And hey. she'll betray herself. Oh, yeah. goody. Oh. Okay. But that's what makes it fun. <laughs> True. If you never know where you stand, it's like a roller coaster. Oh, but that's fun. a lie. There is there is one character that you can trust, and I'm excited. To, I want you to see who the one character that turns out to be the one person she can trust is. Hmm. That'll be interesting. That can be like the thing that you did that you do to me that I always did to you. Um. Well, I didn't consistently do it because I always forgot, but if I remember, or if you remember, like, what I did to you with trying to guess uh, whether or not, like, who Jared was descended from, I would always try to get you to guess who you thought he was, like, the legacy of. You originally thought King mm. Arthur, and you were so wrong, so. I was. <laughs> we can play, we can play a similar role here. Okay. That'll be uh, good. 
And then the other thing that, <laughs> because some of the characters are so crappy um, in this book, we kind of talked about this, but it's something that we could bring in in this particular book. I don't know if it's something we want to keep long term, but having a sub count for a specific character, if there's a character that just like consistently does bad things every single chapter, counting how many times they suck. And then yeah. see where we get to at the end of the at the end of the book. We don't have to, but just think about it. That might be hard because they do a very they it's over time. Like you they build up to it and then you realize like, oh, they were building up to it. You just miss mm-hmm. the science of them doing that. Ooh. Um, okay. Yeah. So that might be hard. That might be a little bit hard. It, it, we could definitely do it for the second book, but, but we're not doing the second book. Like the second book has a lot more like everyone's just being absolutely crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to do a set count for Poppy War trilogy? Oh, that we would like if let's make that into a drinking game. Let's just get <laughs> drunk. Let's just get completely drunk. Rin is going to put us over the edge. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, that, again, if you guys propel us to starting a Patreon, we'll do it. The Poppy War drinking game. We'll do, like, a live stream Poppy War drinking game where we, like, <laughs> recap the books chapter by chapter. I and do that. just take a sip every time Rin or Nuja do something dumb. Uh, I would it would, love that. It would have to be on the Patreon. It couldn't be on our actual podcast because it's not a YA book and we can't. <laughs> nope (laughs) podcast episodes are only for YA books because that book is way too mature for a YA audience I it's deceiving because it is a YA character in essence but the themes are adult (laughs) so adult and the it's so graphic I would have literally collapsed into a ball on a floor for two hours straight if I would have read the poppy war as a child or as a teenager like did you finish the third book no I haven't started it okay I haven't either thank god I don't think anyone that I that okay I was just gonna say like no one that I have talked to I know three other people have received their third books no one has finished it I'm like no one wants to finish this I don't want to start it I want I want to like get through Christmas and have happiness and then start it so like it can't ruin my holidays (laughs) I just know that I'm going to be crying at least by the end and that's that worries me she said that she's like it's I didn't hold back I'm like oh god which it's scary because if she at any point held back in the Poppy War, or the Dragon Republic, and those books <laughs> messed us up. Like, <laughs> I also like I don't know oh. if I want to because it's been like I haven't read the Dragon Republic for months, and it's been even yeah. longer since I've read the Poppy War, and I just like ran through them just to like get mm-hmm. through them as fast as possible. So I'm wondering if I want to reread both of them before I read The Burning God so I can like really sit with Rin's character and Nisha's character before diving into them destroying each other, which is what I think happens in the third book. I might reread the end of The Dragon Republic, but I don't know if I have, if I have the guts to reread both of them again <laughs> right now. <laughs> To be fair, you could also just spend 120 minutes and listen to her drunk recaps on Instagram. 
Oh, she has the best drunk drunk Instagram lives. I should do that. God, I love Rebecca Kwan. She's so oh, funny. Good. I still hate she's, that she's younger than us. I, I think it's insane how, like, she is this small, unassuming character of a person, and she has written this, like, epic novel she's like, so it is quiet an epic. and sweet she's like this she's so quiet and she has this like nice little like quiet yeah. high-pitched voice and she's just a small like she's just a small human in general and how then, did Rin come out of that and then, but then she starts talking on her instagram lives and she's just so unassuming and then she's like and i tortured them on purpose yeah. okay moving on and you're like what I'm excited for her Oxford novel that she's been working on. Oh this dark academia novel. And she's like tweeting out all of these things about it. She's like all of this, you know, mid 18th century trading supply rules. Anyone know anything about that? I'm like, what? Anyone? Do we got any uh, Greek and Latin classicists on here? <laughs> she's so great. I want to be her. Like that is, she She and Lee Bernigo are probably the only authors I would really want to meet right now i mean like both of them are so great i've already accomplished my goal of meeting my literary idol so. <laughs> i'm good i know i know i i should have come with you i wish i could have come with you you still got a signature i did thanks to you uh-huh. that was very nice of you i still have it, it sits on my bookcase well i nice awkwardly bumbled at her being like <laughs> That's exactly. She understood. <laughs> no. <laughs> she was like, I was like, I based my college essay on Princess Mia and how much she inspired me as a fictional character and how much I wanted to be like her. And that's the reason I got into the college that I did. And I went to an Ivy League because of her. And she was like, oh, that's so nice. Did you study English like Mia? And I was like, no, I studied <laughs> finance and accounting. <laughs> <laughs> I was very disappointed in myself, and she was disappointed in me, too. And, like, it was fair. I feel like she wouldn't have been disappointed. I think that authors like to hear stories like that. No, she, she, seemed, didn't. she seemed excited about the first part, and then when I was like, I was a finance major, her face just dropped. Oh, my God. Like, you should have just oh, lied. <laughs> I don't have it in me. I'm not good at lying. My mom tried to get me to lie when I was, like, little, when she wanted to save money on um, a ski lift, like, pass for the day. And so her and my aunt were, like, coaching me. They're like, okay, when the guy asks you how old you are, you're going to tell him that you're three. Because it was, like, four and under. Uh, and I was, like, four yeah. and a half or something. And it's, like, four and under, like, got a half price ticket or something. Um, something along those lines. And I was like, okay okay, yeah, I got it. Okay, yeah, I can do it. Okay. And then we get up to the thing and the guy's like, sweetie, how old are you? And I look right up at him. I'm like, do you want to know how old I actually am or how old my mommy told me to say? Oh my God. (laughs) Chantel. My mom was mortified. Oh no. I must not tell lies. (laughs) So, I get that we are not going to be playing Among Us anytime soon. I'm actually really good at Werewolf and Mafia, surprisingly, because then it's it's like acting. It's not like lying. Oh, okay, okay. It's not real life. 
No, exactly. Costume. And I did so much musical theater. I'm a great actress. I've got a good poker face. Okay, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a Christmas lobby for us together, and I want to see this in action. <laughs> I might fail a lot because I've still never played Among Us because I don't have a lot of friends. But oh, um, that'll make it fun. That'll make it fun though. I feel like new people are always they're they are the funniest. They make it great. I just want to play werewolf with people, and no one ever wants to play werewolf. I'll play a werewolf. I don't know what that is. I've literally never heard of that before, but. <laughs> sacrilegious you're a bad german (laughs) okay (laughs) have you played mafia yes i have okay so it's like mafia but with more roles in it um so you have like your werewolf who's like your mobster Mm -hmm. and then you have your villagers who are like the civilians in the mafia game it's been a while since i played mafia and then you have like other characters and there can be a ton of different characters depending on how many characters that you have in the or how many people you have playing the game. Um, but typically you have like a witch whose responsibility like they can sort of divine the future um, or like divine who actually is guilty, but they can't necessarily share that information. They can just know that information if they guess correctly on who they think the werewolf is. Um, and I think that there's also, like, a priest or something. There's so many different roles. And you basically have to find out who the werewolf is and, like, find out basically who the imposter is. Like, it's exactly the same thing. You just have all these other roles mm. that people can get assigned. You can also have people be, like, star-crossed or, like, fated lovers. So, like, if one of them dies, they both die. Um, and, like, there's so many things. It's so fun. It's a German game. Like, it was developed in Germany, which is why I'm surprised you don't know it. Because I'm pretty sure the place that I learned to play it was Middlebury. Because we would Where play was it. I? I don't know. We played in the lobby. <laughs> I played with what like Elise and Avery and yeah. Where was I? I, I just was so left out. I'm pretty sure Javier was there. Like we would what the heck? All play it together, like in the in the lobby of the dorm. Just sit on the beach. I did not hear about this. Um, I think the person that led it was one of our, like, TA people. Michael started it, and then we would all play along, and there were, like, little cards that you would get handed out, because it's, like, an actual little board game without the board, so you would just get, like, the card telling you your role. Where was I? The only people I hung out with were, like, you and Crystal. (laughs) Maybe I was with Crystal somewhere. Maybe but, like, Sh- even then, like, we didn't go that far. Maybe Stufa Irons wasn't playing because you guys didn't have enough contacts yeah, to, like, maybe. play. But, like, and, we like, played people. We played Sellers of Catan, and we just kind of, like, improvised. So I don't know. I know, but uh, most of Mafia is about the, like, lying right or oh, werewolf yeah, so right same thing with among us is mm-hmm. it's like you have to be able to like tell these convincing stories and like track with what the narrator is saying so if you're playing in german like you need to be able to track with most of what's going on and crystal probably wouldn't have been able to yeah maybe track. we're studying like good stupid einskins <laughs> i I'm never so like as much as laura i'm surprised that like i didn't even hear about that that's what's confusing me Hmm. Well, that's where I learned to play it, and then I made my college house, like, buy 
a version of it. No one ever wanted to play with me. I'm sorry. I love those kinds of games. Like, Mafia was all about Mafia in high school. Love that game. We played it in college when we went on camping trips. It was fun. Um, It's a good camping trip game. No one cares about any of this. No, this is not. This is for us. (laughs) Uh, Probably all one long blooper, but we'll see. Uh, Oh, my God. All right. Well, I'm very excited for this new book. I'm excited for your opinions on this book. I'm very excited. I'm I just want to know if you're going to, like, end up liking Jude at all. Uh... That's a good question. <laughs> the map I, looks pretty. Yes, the map is really well done. I don't think I ever referenced the map, which is really funny. <laughs> I never reference maps. No. Well... I just like looking at them. That's not true. I reference the maps in, um, the Grishaverse. That's true because you really need to be able to like understand where they're sh- like they were on a ship going somewhere like mm-hmm. you need that. Yeah, I also think I meant I don't remember if they were actually in the book or if I looked them up, but I would always reference the maps for Aragorn too, to like understand like when they were mm. traveling to the forest and like how far that was from like different places where like the bad guys were. <laughs> I don't remember I say- any of the names in those books, but. I think there are parts in this book where it might actually, and maybe, like, that'll be something for me, is, like, actually looking at the map this time, because she does a lot of walking. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. she has school, so she, like, walks to and from school, um, and stuff, like, will happen along the way, so that'll be interesting. And it kind of gives away some things, actually, in this map, the stuff that is pointed out. <laughs> uh, I don't understand what I'm reading, so it doesn't give away too yeah. much unless I look at it as I'm going. But, like, I will look at it right now and not remember any piece of it when I start reading it in four days. (laughs) Uh, I'm a visual learner, but only to a point. Directions are where I tap out. It's a nice map. It is. Okay, well, we're really excited about our new book. We'll be posting about it on Instagram. You should have definitely seen it on Instagram if you're following us on socials. Uh, by the time you hear this episode and we're really excited for you guys to follow along with us and hopefully actually read this book since I know most of you probably didn't go out and buy the concealed just to follow (laughs) along for that um but we're really excited to sort of start this new this new book journey and we'll eventually come back to Evelyn's journey and quickly check in on the revealed but in the meantime excited about Jude's journey that's going to be a mouthful Jude. for this yeah, it thing. Is. Um, so if you have any thoughts about The Cruel Prince or any of Holly Black's uh, fairy sort of universe, uh, Elfheim, I think is what it's called, feel free to write in um, to our email. Send us an email. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what other books we should check out of hers that you think would be good or bad for us to read to kind of like further flesh out our understanding of this universe. Um, you can email us at unnecessaryangstpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at unnecessaryangstpod and on Twitter at unangstpod. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you on all of those platforms and look forward to talking to you more about this next book soon. So. 
Hope everyone has a great week, and uh, until next time. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Bye. Bye.